Welcome back, everyone, to another Slap Stocks live show. My name is Aaron, one of your hosts. I'm joined by Nate. Uh, this is going to be one of the most interesting Slap Stocks lives, lives we've ever done because currently we are sitting in the lobby um, of the casino that our hotel is in, but we already checked out and everything because we leave in a couple hours, which is why we also have to do it an hour early. So this is going to be a very interesting live. I apologize in advance if there's a lot of interference with uh, you know, people talking or music or whatever it is, but Nate and I are going to be flipping our microphones on and off. Uh, to mute or unmute if we're not talking. So uh, this will just be a very interesting episode, uh, to say the least, uh, because of all of that. So like I said, sorry, everyone, if, if it's going to be a little disjointed, we're just going to do the best with what we're given. And uh, Nate, just say hi so we can make sure we can hear you. Hola. All right, that's good. That's good. We can we can hear. What's up, Manny? Um, so first off, we, we are at Vegas because of the Mink Collective that happened this weekend. Uh, we've been here since Wednesday. It's felt like a long time, but it's also been a very fun time, which has made it go fast also. Uh, we're just going to start going through this presentation right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised you know, if this episode is on the shorter end for a normal Slap Sacks Live, just given all the circumstances and everything. But uh, Gabriel says that Nate's beer is the eighth one of the world, and I'm happy to see uh, Manny, Jimbo, and Nick Foles in the house to start. If anyone has any questions about the main collective, by the way, as we go, um, please just toss them in the chat. We'll try to answer questions as we go. So first off, I'm just going to flip this over to Nate because I really have no reason to talk about this. Nate, just give us a little brief synopsis on what we're looking at. Um, well, what we're looking at is just a couple of blue bloods. No Wisconsin. Next Saturday, we're talking Final Four, Kansas, Rock Chalk, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, baby. Yep, so Nate's team finally uh, made it to another Final Four, and they're going to lose to Villanova for a third time in a row in the tournament. So I know he's going to be very sad um, after, I guess it'll be already next week's live stream. So uh, we'll check in with him and see how he's feeling. Maybe he won't even show up. Otherwise, uh, we might have some problems. So, yeah, Brooke, what's up? How are we doing? So last night, Chris said on our PWCC FlipQuest episode that uh, his favorite part about this Mink Collective was the craps table. For us, it was not the it was not the gambling. It was not the favorite part at all. Um, our favorite part was definitely what we're about to start to share. So here we are. Um, a lot of people constantly, every single time we put up a picture of both Nate and I, either on Instagram or on YouTube, people see us in videos. There's always a few people who say, I cannot believe the height difference between you two. Um, and you can't see it here because Nate's feet are actually in the photo and you don't want to look like an idiot. But every single time I take a picture of Nate, he stands on his tiptoes or he moves so close to the camera that he gains like four more inches out of it. So here you are. This is it. I'm not even standing up straight. Look how straight he's standing up, kind of like leaning to the side. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm over. I'm basically slouching. You say you're slouching? I don't see no slouch right there. I literally see zero slouch. Uh, but the the mint. So for anyone that did that hasn't heard a past live stream of us talking about this or didn't research it all or didn't even know this was happening, um, this was a sports card conference and card show mixed together, something that we really haven't seen before. Uh, you know, at some shows, you've seen a panel here, a panel there. Uh, most of this weekend was based around uh, companies coming and uh, kind of, you know, sharing what they're doing, talking to others, meeting uh, different, you know, customers or, or, or just sports card collectors, and then also meeting with each other. It's a huge networking event uh, where the, you could literally like just uh, list off every single sports card company that you see on the daily or the weekly, and, and they were probably there. Uh, and then also on top of it, you have panels like this, where this panel in particular was one of the only ones we actually got to go and sit through outside of the one that uh, I was part of myself. 
And this was the panel for the grading, the future of grading. Um, this panel incorporated the head of grading or head of operations or whatever, or head of the CEO from each company, which would be uh, CSG on the far left there. And well, actually the far left was the moderator. Then from left to right is CSG, Peter from SGC, Kevin from PSA. And then I think that was Jeremy from BGS. I think a CSG guy was Andy, if I remember correctly. Uh, so the, the four of them were, you know, given questions by the moderator, asking about different things that they're doing, either with technology, uh, either with, um, you know, ways to help their backlogs, anything like that. And 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 um, they were answering as much as they could. And then also there was a point in this, in this panel where, cus or customers, I say, but, you know, audience viewers got to ask live questions. This was one of the questions. I took a picture of, of him asking that question. And, uh, you know, there's obviously questions about, um, there's one about technology, implementing AI grading. I can't exactly remember what this guy's question was. I think it could have been about just uh, backlog. And then there's also someone that asked a question, I think about cracking and resubmitting cards. Now we got video on the main questions from the moderator that we're probably gonna try to sprinkle in a little bit some of that throughout um, the vlogs that we're gonna be putting up from this week's event, which will be coming out through the next couple of weeks as we distribute them to YouTube. Um, but we did not get the Q&A recorded uh, from this specific event, which is, it's okay because it did answer a lot of questions from the moderator. Um, there were other panels that included like Peyton Manning, Josh Luber, the head of Fanatics right now leading in that direction. I think Jerry Rice spoke in the last day of some people. And then there were other ones that had to do with breaking, uh, that had to do with creating authentic content, that had to do with community building, which was the ones that, uh, that we were on. And also, what I was on. And then also from Brooke, fresh in your minds, Fanatics really going to 10x this hobby. Sure feels like it. So Brooke brings up a good point. Almost all of these panels, or at least the ones that we were able to kind of hear about, almost seemed like it was like preparing for Fanatics. Like, a lot of this conference was looking ahead to the future. Obviously, some of the grading stuff applies very much so to the past and the present. But so many of these panels, it's all talking about like when Fanatic spins up the marketing machine, when Fanatic starts to create the sets, when Fanatic starts to this, that. I mean, Josh Luber was a big part of the event with the panels. Um, who is leading the Fanatic's card space? It's interesting, right? Because we're talking about potentially a massive demographic of people that you know their database is huge that could be getting involved in cards in one way or another i mean it could be as small as a mom buying a blaster box of cards for their, their kid for christmas or a dad or you know as big as huge money investors getting involved once Fnatic starts to roll out their plans and what they're doing and acquiring new customers and you already know what they're going to try to do as much as they can because they spent tons of money to do this you know they they got all the licenses they acquire tops they definitely are not looking to not get people involved. And whatever's going on with Drake is a whole other thing, but more of that is going to start to happen just from the sheer higher end uh, level of the hobby, trying to connect these bigger stars and bigger celebrities and everything to the hobby, either if it's their compensation with payment, compensation with cards. I have no idea what's going on behind that with DA Card World and, uh, you know, Golden and, and then Drake and whatever else is going on. I don't want to speculate at all either. Um, but that's that's where the hobby's going is is trying to bring it to the next level, and I think that's what a lot of this weekend was about. But other than that, um, and really quick, this was one of this was the panel I sat on. If you follow us on Instagram, uh, Nate actually live streamed the entire panel to Instagram, and it was uh, I had a great time. Honestly, I had a really really good time. And yeah, Jimbo, there's a pterodactyl sound in the background. I think someone's playing 
think someone's playing a slot machine or something where there's a pterodactyl noise every time that they like pull the slot machine or something. So, so, so basically, basically this panel here was with uh, Jack Selman from Snapback Sports. He's such a nice guy. Jack is really awesome. Very grateful for what we've done to help him get into the hobby. And he has a really good head on his shoulders thinking about the uh, community building and everything. He's very into the NFT land too with Top Shot, which, you know, I don't quite Top Shot. I don't really value it in, in my own collecting journey. Uh, but for him, it, he does. And, and I hold nothing against it for it, but he does believe in it. And it's good to see people believe in stuff, even if others don't like myself. Um, then, then, then there was Neela from uh, Dibs, Sam from Women of the Hobby, and then Hannah from Women of the Hobby. And she collects cards with the moderator, moderator from my slab. So this, this is an awesome panel, fully live streamed to, to Instagram. And we're going to have clips of this through YouTube, or maybe the entire thing will release through YouTube. It was all about building community in the hobby. I'm really happy I was asked to join it last minute because, uh, you know, we've, we've been able to build a really special community here at Slab Sucks. Thanks to you all. You know, Nate and I can just do the best we can and uh, all the other contribu contributors to the Slab Sucks team with connecting people to cards and making cards accessible. But really, if it wasn't for you all being here, um, I know today is a weird week with, this, with the live stream being an hour early and, you know, here in Vegas and all this different stuff. But even for the small, you know, for the amount of you that joined today live, it's uh, really awesome to see and I really do enjoy that. And then next up, we held a few interviews. Um, we had four interviews in the Collectible Studios, kind of like a podcast studio on the show floor. And we interviewed Anthony Renato from Cards and Culture. Uh, awesome dude. He used to play baseball for the White Sox and Red Sox and played in Korea. And then we're going to be releasing that interview throughout this uh, these upcoming weeks. Overtime Pose, which is Sam from Overtime, who built uh, or helped build the Overtime Elite League and built the Topps Chrome Overtime Elite set that actually drops on March 30th. Um, so if you are interested, tops.com will be dropping the hobby boxes of that set with potential NBA prospects. First licensed Topps Chrome set since 2008, Topps Chrome. 2009 Topps did have Topps Chrome, but it wasn't a specific Topps Chrome basketball set. And then Eric Binder from Whatnot, we interviewed also for a, um, it's like a 15, 20-minute interview asking about what Whatnot's plans are and why they're building community through Whatnot and empowering people to have an opportunity to build big businesses off the passion. So that was a fun one. And then also Hannah, uh, Formula One master right here. Uh, she is great. She was awesome to to talk with about you know Formula One and, and women, women of the hobby and what they're building there, which I think is super special. So all four of those interviews will be releasing uh, in the upcoming few weeks. But uh, Nate, let's. Uh, I just want to hear your opinion on the weekend in general and uh, what your favorite part about the show was and why it might have been worth worth it for someone to come. Um, number one. There's been a bell that's been ringing. Yeah. Have you heard that? Well, Just right there. So loud. Um, number two, had a great weekend. Uh, all the interviews went really well. The booth, like you said, was very, very cool. So it was a nice way to start our days every single day, get there a little bit early, start off with an interview with an interesting subject in the card community. They were all very nice. And then um, going from there, just getting to walk around and network and look at people's cards and say, one day, one day I'll be able to afford one of these cards that sits in these booths. Uh, it was a nice little dream to dream on. So I had a good time. It was nice that it was in Vegas. Got a little, uh, some good food. Plenty of places to choose food from. And then um, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of blackjack, you know, a little bit of slot machines here or there. Unless you ask, unless you're talking to my wife, then none. Right? Am I right? So, but we had a good time and we got to meet uh, Paul Pierce. Shout out Manny for reminding me. Met Paul Pierce, and then I watched Kansas win another two games in the tournament, going to the final four. 
Great. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, my favorite part about the weekend was was definitely the talking to the people. I mean, it, I guess at this point it might just be cliche for people who weren't able to come uh, or didn't choose to come. It's, you know, it's about the people, this and that, and not the cards. But that is really what it's about here. It's very hard to gather that many people into one space at one time that contribute to the hobby at such a high level. Obviously, everyone contributes to the hobby, regardless if you create content or have a business or not, or if you're just a collector. But there are a lot of collectors there, too, um, which was just a lot of you know different faces from the hobby that we were able to, to talk to and hear from and learn from. And, and it was it was a really great time for that. Um, in terms of the marketplace itself, like if you if you're in the Las Vegas area, or a couple hours outside of it, I'd say, yeah, you know, you, you want to go to a card show for the weekend or at least for a day and, and see what type of cards you can buy and add to your collection. Uh, might as well drop by. Uh, the first show, we, you know, there's a huge emphasis on, on the panels and on the uh, the networking, excuse me, and, and on the corporate uh, side of it. And I'm sure in the future, obviously you can't do everything at one time. Uh, this is the first event of the main collective and I'm sure it's just going to keep getting bigger and better from here. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there's going to be more boost in the future. And we'll see. You know, you, people talk about, oh, the National or the Mint Collective. Which, is it ever going to rival each other? And I, I don't think that this show is supposed to rival the National or, or even compete. I think that this is supposed to be a supplement to the National to have uh, all the different, you know, thought leaders and, and uh, you know, people who are, who are putting in full-time work to, to try to make the hobby a better place to bring them together and to maybe get – uh, more thoughts going that way. And, and I think it's doing, it did shop the first time for sure. And uh, I think that, you know, the marketplace will grow, and, but the national is always the national. You know, you can't, you can't break that lineage. You can't break that history, that tradition uh, for many others like myself. We're going, you know, multiple years now and uh, setting up for a few years and stuff. And it's, it's just something unique and something like any other, but so is this. And I think that it's got its place in, and, you know, if you were here, uh, thank you for talking to us. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for, for whatever you, you did for us or anything. Um, and if you weren't here, I hope that you all enjoy the content that's yet to come out. Uh, we've posted some stuff to Instagram, and then we will have videos, I guess, like coming out, probably one or two show videos, um, and then also the four different podcasts, and then potentially the panel will be posted. So you should be expecting like four to five videos coming out from the show in the following weeks, other than this one where you can hear bell ringing and pterodactyl noises and whatever else sounds are coming through these microphones right now, trying to do the best we can. Um, but we have more to talk about this week than, than, than just a show. And uh, there were some sales last night through the PWCC weekly auction. Um, this last night when we did our flip quest episode number 10. And Nate, we had a sale here for Devontae Graham, National Treasures, Ricky Petrota of 99, BGS9, your guy from Kansas. So for 150 that was the same amount as a 2018 Panini National VIP Luka Dodgers base card PSA 10 which in my mind has real no allure or, or anything in the future. Uh, tell me your thoughts on maybe the difference between these two cards. Well, let me tell you, one has major upside, Devontae Graham. Now, he, he hasn't been playing as much. He did have the 30-point game the other day, but then yesterday he didn't get to play a ton. only had two points, two assists, two rebounds. A little bit disappointing. But there is huge potential. Zion comes back. He gets his, you know, he has his, gets his starting gig back or keeps his starting gig, whatever it is. And, um, Gets playing time with Zion and Brandon Ingram could be interesting. Could be interesting. Definitely huge upside for $150. Whereas this Luca, uh, a Panini VIP pack card, PSA 10, not huge upside there. So if you're if if I'm 
Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm biased. But that being said, give me the gram all day and let me see if I can make money off of it. The most you're going to lose is probably like 50 bucks. There's always going to be a Kansas fan that's willing to buy an NTRPA of one of the best Kansas Jayhawks of all time for like 100. That's a, that's a great point, Nate. I think that's great to see. Um, reasons to like think about limited loss, and that's a great thing. I mean, collectors really drive the market. If you saw last night on our live stream video of with the Flip Quest, you know, every Sunday at 9:45 p.m. Eastern time, right here on YouTube, I went and got a Melvin Gordon Super Factor Patch Auto Rookie One of One PSA 10. He was the guy as I was younger, alongside Russell Wilson. They kind of went back to back in their 10 years at Wisconsin. Uh, that really got me into Wisconsin Badger football. And obviously I carried on with John McTaylor when, when I went to school there. But like, that's a card that is so valuable to me. And I think I was like $400 or something. And it's all, it's worth every penny to me because that's a card I'm going to have for the rest of my life and be able to display in my house and hopefully you know, pass on to kids someday and, and stuff like that. And, and that's, you know, he's one of the best college running backs of all time, best Wisconsin running backs of all time up there in the top three in my mind. Um, I didn't watch before. You know, like P.J. Hill, because it's too young. But, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, Ron Dane, and Melvin Gordon up there for me. Matthew Ball had a great stuff career, but disappointed in the NFL. And this is, this is a great – I think Nate, I just tried to click it too. So go ahead and read that comment. Uh, Jimbo says a great example is that Jimmy will literally buy any Kentucky basketball player regardless of how good they are. And that is very true. He'll buy every nice Kentucky basketball player he can get his hands on. And if there's a if there's an NTRPA for like a hundred bucks of any Kentucky basketball player, you know Jimmy will buy. And I gotta imagine there's plenty of Kansas players like that, plenty of Badgers, plenty of all types of Auburn, you know, list goes on. And I just want to bring up this comment here from Bryce Cohen. Uh, super bullish show, in my opinion. Everyone's looking to buy baseball. Oh, that's interesting. And first off, I'm glad that you threw in a comment here. Because if you did go to the main collective and you are watching right now, um, let us know in your thoughts in the comments. I'm reading some of them off um, just to, you know, get some uh, get some people's comments. But baseball, you know, it starts in about a week now or so. Uh, somewhere around there. I know Jimbo would be able to give me the definitive date. and Or Nate is here, too. And um, there was some nice baseball there. Uh, there was some really nice baseball. We saw multiple seventh, seventh. Okay, thank you. Uh, April seventh. We saw multiple Bobby Witt Jr. orange refractor autos, multiple Julio Rodriguez orange refractor autos, and super refractors of some top guys. Uh, it was quite the baseball show. Gold refractor autos, and TSPJS nine point five, and uh, it's it was actually like an everything show, which you're starting to see. Like there wasn't like quantity of everything, but there was everything. From Marvel to F1 to soccer to baseball to football, it's literally just about everything, movie cards, um, which just goes to show you now, I think how many people are spreading out their collection, which is why when we look, which is why um, when we look at like basketball decreasing in value kind of across the board, that's what it feels like to me, Nate, is that, is that um, the, the other categories are really gaining steam, which is just taking money out of the basketball category. I would agree. I would agree. I think there's uh, there's a lot of people that, yeah, just got in because of basketball, but they like baseball. They like football. They're like us. They like every sport. And uh, sometimes you don't want to just buy one. Speaking of uh, baseball, really quick, uh, we had Jay from Mojo Sports Show talking about uh, how he's trying to look for drugs at the show. So there's another just uh, – and my dad did that comment. says a first-hand comment uh, or second-hand comment, first-hand comment. And uh, then this next one we're looking at, this is a Venom. This is a 2003 Marvel uh, Fleer Retro, the set that Spider-Man 
the you know hundred thousand dollar red PMGs out or eighty thousand dollar red PMGs out of uh, it's over seventy eight hundred. The Venom Jambalaya PSA ten. There is Jambalaya inserts in it. It's the first copy of sell since two thousand sixteen when a raw sold for two hundred sixteen dollars. This PSA ten sold for seventy eight hundred. Uh, of course, last night in the PWCC weekly auction number ten sold so close to a Charizard first edition Hollow PSA seven. Uh, which obviously 10 versus 7, Pokemon versus Marvel, so many different elements going into it, but the money spend is nearly identical. And it just goes to show you how much ground uh, Marvel has made in the non-sports collectibles industry, which is huge. Marvel is such a big deal now. All the money they're investing in the films, all the fans that they have, turning into collectors now, it's crazy. Uh, bringing up some soccer really quick. So two, both base card PSA 10s. Normally we don't really talk about base cards uh, that often because the rarity in our minds is, is where it's at. And, but the Mbappe PSA 10 is at $336 now, and the Fatih Sapphire first, uh, first edition Sapphire rookie PSA 10 is at the same amount, $336. Uh, this is an interesting one, I guess, because there's a lot more Mbappe's than Fatih PSA 10s. Fatih's injured, Fatih's coming back. Barcelona playing so well with Chavi. In my mind, I'm taking the Fatih, although a lot of people just love Mbappe, which I do too. I'd rather take him for like a better investment, better long term hold. But when it comes down to these two cards, it's got to be the Fati for me. And then on the right here, we've got a – so do you spend $2,000 on a rare Herbert, number 49, purple, purple power PSA 9, or spend $2,000 on a Contenders Jordan Love rookie ticket auto of 22 SGC 1010? Uh, obviously, the Contenders auto is a better card than the Prism Purple out of 49. But, Nate, talk to me about a $2,000 Jordan Love card this month. There's a few guys where it's just like you're taking on huge risk. Jordan Love, most of the quarterback positions are filled. Um, it's gonna have to wait. You're gonna have to wait till next year for him to get potential playing time by being traded. Uh, so that's you're you're putting in two thousand dollars for a long for over a year old, and then when he gets playing, there's no guarantee he's good. Um, it's just it's so much risk that people are doing this with Jalen Hurts too, where at least he has a starting gig right now, right now. Um, but a ton of a ton of money for a couple of guys that aren't looking like they're either going to be starters long term or starters in the near future. Uh, Bryce here said I was at the show local to Vegas talking with my LCS guys. They moved tons of baseball and F1 UFC did insanely well too. Legacy sold out of all UFC and F1 during the show. And they had dudes driving boxes from the LCS and selling them before they even came in the door. Well, that's crazy to think about. That's interesting insight. And uh, thank you for sharing that. And um, I guess it just really goes to show you, know, 2022, 2022 Prism, um, which we'll get to in one second here for UFC, is, is interesting. Last ones we're looking at, we'll keep these quick. LeBron, gold, black, white, shimmer, PSA 10, one of one, over 9K. To me, Giannis, all day, $11,100 for a 2014 National Treasures Game Gear Patch on-card auto of 25 PSA 10. This card, far superior in my mind, even to random LeBron, one of one. $2,100 more, but well worth the money. Making a second-year patch auto like that, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be LeBron or even, you know, Kobe in the market in the future, but go look up what second-year auto patches do of those guys, although you can't get a Kobe second-year patch auto, but something close to it because it's very, very high dollar spent on those. And then the one on the right here, which I will ask Nate about, 2017 Bowman Draft Gold Paper out of 50. Juan sold a PSA 10, so for 1860 That's his first non-auto Bowman card. No first logo on there. 
and then the update foil PSA 10 uh, sold for 1320. And I'll look at the pop report when you're giving your thoughts. Can you pull up the um a gold price to us about the card ladder that bad boy but if you could pull that up that would be great so we could get a price of what Rob yeah, was like three years ago i can do that just give your initial thoughts first yeah um so my initial thoughts are this is absolutely insane i know there's no first bowman's for juan soto so this is technically his quote-unquote first bowman well we're talking about a paper a paper gold paper gold's never looked that good anyways paper colors just never looked that good to me and it's you know 500 bucks more than one of his best rookies more iconic rookies than the foil psa 10. i think i take the foil i know it's numbered to 50 but without the first logo and with it being paper i'd rather have the foil rookie so so there's 149 soto foil psa 10s of 197 graded so it's not like that there's a ton made there's just more psa 10s than that um, and then as for the gold uh, 2018 PSA 10, it's a $3,100 card right now. So it's not quite nearly close to that. Uh, obviously, people would rather have the update gold PSA 10. But uh, still, like they said, very, very interesting to see. Uh, sure. No, I mean, I mean, can you look up this 2017 Bowen Draft Gold and see what the, like, like one of the first sales were? I'm, I'm kind of wondering if it's like a $50 card back in like four or five years ago or, or less. Hey, yeah, that's my bad. Oh, he muted. But yeah, because because this card is so this card is so like I feel like when it came out in 2017, hey, it would just put this in a box. Nate, so the refract the gold refractor, not the gold paper, used to sell for sixty dollars in 2018. Uh, the gold paper, I, I don't even think that people are selling gold papers. I don't even think they're selling them. Everything's just saying gold refractor, and they're all like around like 50 bucks back then, 2018. As soon as 2019, you could get one for $90, a gold refractor out of 50. So the paper had to have been like, I don't know, $10. Can you, could you imagine in 28, let's see, 20, let's say 2017, I guess this is 2017 Bowman draft, which means it's almost 2018. Let's say early 2018, before Soto got called up for the first time. Instead of buying a Soto Bowman Chrome Auto for say 135 bucks, like I did, you buy 13 of these. You're doing, you're doing really well. You're doing really, really well. You you are doing very well. Um, I was gonna. Oh, I didn't remember what I was gonna say. Anyway, I'm gonna meet you. Right? I hope you just meet yourself. Okay, uh, we'll move on and. Bring up Prism UFCs. This is 2022 Prism UFC. This is purple numbered out 149. 149. That is not like purple out of 75 from Prism Hobby Basketball. Patty Pimblet, Patty the Batty, says he's going to be, I mean, he says, plus others say, he's going to be the next face of the UFC. And he said himself that he's going to do more for UFC than Conor McGregor ever did. Uh, he's a very electric, not only fighter, but uh, entertainer in the press conferences. If you ever listen to them speak, he is very funny. He uh, has a very thick Liverpool accent. He's from Liverpool. And uh, he's just a fun guy to, 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 to watch and listen to. Um, I can't break down UFC talent. I can't break down anything about, you know, is he going to win a championship belt someday or who's he better than, who's he not better than. I know it's always fun to watch and fun to listen to. And 
this is like some crazy, crazy pricing. Imagine the prism color rookie number out of 149. I guess you could say the closest thing would be like 199, like a blue um, in, in hobby. And $2,000 for a raw card. Um, that That is quite the number. Um, he believes in himself. I know a lot of people believe in him from a excitement standpoint, which let's be honest here. Uh, you have to be an entertainer in UFC. You have to be a, a, a very likable guy because, or if you want to have the biggest market, the biggest fan base, the biggest startup, and he's going to do it, I think. Does it warrant a $2,000 prison purple raw of 149 Probably not. Let's see what the next one sells for. But there was a blue that sold for $1,700 on auction. I wasn't able to check the bidding history on the $1,700 blue. Um, but even purples, I think, were like upwards of like, you know, $600 in the first day, number out of $299 or something. Nate, thoughts on Patty? Uh, Patty the Batty's the next star. There's not many opportunities where people can look at somebody and say, yeah, that dude has the charisma and the talent to become a worldwide star. Uh, the haircut, the way he talks, what he talks about, the little clip you shared with me yesterday about him eating and wanting to be fat and happy instead of having a six-pack for fighting. Like, all those things resonate with people. He's a good fighter. He wins. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about a guy that if he continues on this pace, you're going to say $2,000. That's nothing. I agree. And, you know, base cards are signed for like $50, $60 right now. Um, and uh, we'll see what color does. But uh, also, who can guess the song player right now? Song name and artist. I don't know how, how much you can hear the song through my mic, but you can definitely hear the Nate's. Nate, don't guess. Let someone else guess. I know you know what it is. Oh, okay, there. Uh, yes. This was my this was my second concert ever. Modest Good Mouse. To, Good to know. I'm sure someone's going to guess it because <laughs> just messing with you. Uh, Bryce says Flow Down is the song, and that is correct. But Nate just did say who it was. But also, Bryce said Modest Mouse, which is correct as well. Uh, we're into some sports talk here for the uh, remainder of this podcast, which we'll see how, how long it runs. Nate's going to give us some uh, some stats here and everything, and we'll let him go at it, and then uh, we'll see what time that brings us to. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, Nate. I got to say, my computer's dying fast over here, so it might last as long as my computer lasts, you know what I mean? But uh, we've got some news. Obviously, Aaron and I were not super connected to the – sports world while we were in Vegas because we had a lot of other things going on. But Chris Paul is back. Chris Paul is healthy. He's played two games. He's had 27 assists in his two games. He's had 38 points, um, eight rebounds. Dude has been amazing. 18, 18, 13 and a half and four in two games back. Both wins against Denver and Philly, two really good teams. Um, Phoenix is going to hit the ground running. They, they're already running. But Chris Paul back and healthy, I don't know if there's any stopping them. And in one month, this Chris Paul Tops Chrome rookie PSA 10 has raised 18%. Uh, nice to see. Very nice to see. And also nice to see for us uh, with our Chris Paul. And the flip question, we bought a 2005 Finance Green rookie, numbered of 89, BGS 9.5. And uh, hopefully, as he starts to play even better, as he gets even healthier and leads those sons, Probably to the NBA Finals again. If you ask me, that's the pick for the coming out of the West. I mean, that's a pick for a lot of people, so it's not like I'm giving a big take here. But it's good to see them repeating their success. You know, we, we beat them last year in the Finals, but they're it's so far stronger team than us this year, given our injuries and everything. Well, they've had injuries too, obviously, Chris Paul and everything. But um, I was just sick of the media talking about the Lakers and the Nets and saying, well, they're all 
injured and stuff. But clearly, the Suns are a better team than everyone in the league. So here we go. Other big news. Tyree Kill obviously traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. Uh, Jalen Waddell and... What was that noise? That was a cash thing. Oh. No wonder I don't know what that noise was. I'm too poor to know what that noise is. But, that's, uh, that's hilarious. Tua, Tua Jalen Waddell, Tyree Kill are going to be an amazing team. You want to go to the next slide? And we've got Tua, and even random Tua's like a mosaic silver PSA 10 with the addition of Tyree Kill is up 76% in the last month. Um, real dollar change of $97. Uh, pretty incredible. You could have bought a pretty decent Tua for 127 and in the month of March, it's doubling up. Um, or, you know, pretty close. Uh, that's pretty amazing. And then if you go to the next slide, um, even Tyree Kill, and this one I was kind of shocked by, because like I can see Tyree Kill going to the Dolphins and Tua's prices rising, but I thought Tyree Kill leaving Patrick Mahomes and going to the Dolphins would have cratered his market. But even Tyree Kill up twenty eight percent in the last month. So very similar to Adams, which is my thought was you know Adams goes to Raiders, prices tank. Now some cards have struggled a bit, but others still did pretty well. Hey, sometimes all it takes is big money being thrown at these players by the NFL teams. For then, in return, collectors throwing bigger money at said players. You know, Adams and Tyreek now the biggest contracts in NFL history for a non QB. Both their markets still pretty exciting. Um, I don't know, new opportunity. It seems like now everyone loves to just buy a new opportunity, but let's be real. Worst situation playing with Tua for Tyreek. Worst, worst situation playing for Adams with Carr. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you look up at the end of the year and both their markets have fallen from this point. I would agree. I would agree. And Jimbo says collectors of those new teams, new buyers. And I agree. But sometimes, I guess maybe the excitement of a new team, new buyers will probably prop up a market pretty quick. Whereas old buyers from the old team would have already had plenty of chances to buy into those guys. And then the last guy we got is Albert Pools. Now, obviously, Albert Pools is end of his career. Um, he's like 41 now, 42. But... What's interesting here is that he, and you can see his tops traded rookie PSA 10 down 31% in the last six months. One hasn't sold since the end of January, though. The interesting thing here is that he just resigned with the Cardinals, and he's 21 home runs away from breaking 700. He had 17 home runs last year and 296 plate appearances. They'll have a DH, and I'm sure they'll probably be pretty, unless he's absolutely atrocious, I'm sure they'll be pretty invested in getting him to 700 and getting him those plate appearances so that he can get to 700 and hit 21 home runs this year. And for me, I think him hitting 700 in a Cardinals jersey, when his card is from the Cardinals, is going to be an absolutely massive, massive deal. And uh, I expect, like, it would have been an explosion if it was 700 home runs with any team. I expect an even bigger explosion because it would be on the Cardinals. That's a great fashion, Nate. I feel like you get that you get that legacy cemented, and people, you know, everyone, or at least I've been hearing a lot of baseball fans for a couple of years now talking about who holds this market and saying like, what "The heck, why isn't it more?" 
Um, dude's a legend. Dude is one of the best hitters in that, or he was the best hitter in the MLB for a t- for a stretch, right, Nate? With the Cardinals, and um, this is the chance. I think this is the opportunity, like Nate said, for for that resurgence to come, uh, which makes sense. You know, if you're if you're in the news, you're in the news. Let's put it this way: I've watched I've watched Mike Trout face the Brewers. I've watched Juan Soto face the Brewers. All those guys. Never have I feared a guy walking to the plate more than Albert Pujols. Every time he walked to the plate, he felt like he was going to do something. Juan Soto, Mike Trout walked to the plate. They might do something, but you're, you know, they're still, they're not Albert Pujols level when Albert Pujols was younger. That's what I'm trying to say. Got you. Maybe Soto gets to that point in the next, like, five years, too. And maybe we're saying that about Soto in five years from now. Um, when Nate's beard is uh, even longer. <laughs> yep and uh i do want to give a quick shout out that all this data that you're seeing so far throughout this episode actually all the data you will see this episode is from card ladder pro and there's a, um, a link in the description of this video for a seven day free trial if you do want to check it out you can see all-time data you can see data from two weeks ago a month ago six months ago there's now 30 million plus sales in the database there's uh, i think three million plus cards that you can search in the database because all of us connected to the sales history which hosts 14 different sales data platforms or sales marketplace platforms in their sales history. It's by far and away the best tool you can possibly ever use to research all the cards you want. And it's well worth the money in my mind. I mean, there's so many hours, hundreds of hours that have been saved so far um, since starting to use a tool. It's insane. Uh, this is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Other than maybe we'll do like a few questions here just to make sure you all are getting your questions if you have them. Um, but I just want to shout out really quick that Wednesday is going to be my first day back ripping soccer cards on whatnot. It's going to be at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Ignore what it says on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. It's not going to be 3 p.m. It's 6 p.m. Eastern time. That's the Vegas time zone on there. So 6 p.m. Eastern time on whatnot for Mason Mount Packs, which have some really good auto checklists and really good odds at or decent odds at hitting an auto. Tops from Neon Future, Tops from Hobby. Um, I mix in a few other things as well, so I hope to see you all there. And now if you do want to ask a few questions, uh, go ahead, but you know, we don't want to we don't want to blast all the music and the pterodactyl noise is too loud in all of you. So just if you all have any questions, uh, please, please toss in the chat quick. We'll take a take a few minutes to respond to them. Um, we'll see. I mean, uh, there'll be a little delay here with sending some questions. And so hopefully uh, one or two come in that we can answer quick before the end of the night. Uh, or I should say day. And I, I already checked in. Nate, you're not going to like this. But our flight has been quite delayed to this point. So I don't think you'll be able to drive back tonight. Uh, elite 305 cards. Who killed the casino this weekend? Uh, my dad, because he knows when to stop. That's who killed the casino this weekend. Puts in a few dollars, makes a couple dollars more, knows when to stop. That's the biggest problem. Um, any others? Card-related questions? Not how bad was Aaron at Blackjack this weekend? Or how bad were the cards? Will the F1 hype continue to grow? Matthew Johnson, great question. So if I were you, I'm going to answer this question, but please be on the lookout for Hannah's what uh heard the the podcast or the interview we did was she collects cards hannah from women women of the hobby we're gonna release it probably in the next week or two i do think so last night i picked up my holy grail f1 card if you want to see it hop on the instagram check out at slab socks and it will also be in the uh the vlog from the main collective i actually picked it up last night at like 11 30 p.m or 11 p.m at night which is well after the show was done very lucky that it all came together but um, my quick thoughts are this. American money investment just started. It's already huge. It's getting way bigger. And this is like the first year or so of that. 
the supply on these cards is so darn low compared to every single other sport and product of any. Um, that is a huge thing. There's very little to go around. There's very little of the good, the really good cards go around. Hence, you know, demand drives everything, but if there's low supply, it drives even harder. So, and then on top of that, the international market's huge and also the amount of just investment worldwide outside of America too, but America's really going to make it help it grow. Remember, this is all my personal opinion. You all can have your personal opinion. I did just pick up my now one and only Formula One card in my personal collection yesterday. So before yesterday, I really had nothing. Yesterday, I picked up a huge one for myself because I want to place a bet on it because I believe in it. I believe in the scarcity of the cards. I believe in the desirability of watch races like events. I believe in it coming to Vegas in 2023, having three racing locations in the United States. All that's huge. All of it's very indicative of the future. And then the Netflix show will just continue to build to Nate, any thoughts from Jimbo on this question? What player was asked for the most of this weekend in any sport? Well, considering we weren't in booths, kind of hard for us, at least kind of hard for me to know. Um, I, 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 I just don't have, I don't have a good grasp on what people are looking for to be able to yeah. answer that. I didn't, I didn't mean for, to put you in a bad spot, but that's actually been my answer too. You know, when you're not in a booth and people aren't walking, I'm saying, do you have this, do you have that? Very hard to tell unless you overhear people. Um, I, I don't think there's one thing. Like I said, the show is very diversified with the uh, cards available. Brooke, maybe this will be our last question here. With the explosion coming, how will you adjust your strategy of collecting speculating going forward so you can capitalize and not get burned or left behind? You got to focus on the, on the top. You got to focus on the top stuff. You know, once Fanax comes in, remember who is going to be creating cards and what licenses and what products matter from the Panini era. I just invested a ton in the Topps Dynasty product because Topps is going to own the Formula One license for years to come under Fanatics. They're going to build out the Formula One line. I now have a card from the best set ever of Topps Formula One, or in my mind, the best set ever, and one of the best cards of said driver that I got. Um, you really just got to focus on – and I'm not even saying you have to spend a ton of money, right? Like you don't have to spend a ton of money to be in on the uh, potential card explosion in the next five years with Fanatics' position. It's like instead of buying – that flux card that no one's ever going to care about from the Panini era, find the, the, the few sets you really believe in. Maybe it's a contender's auto of a guy you only have to spend 50 bucks on. And maybe that guy turns into something. Um, that's the type of thoughts I want people to have in their head versus like, can I just get everything and anything? It's not going to work that way. Nate, is that an agreement from you? Mm-hmm. That is an agreement from me. Okay. Um, the Collector 113, thoughts on the panels and discussion at the Mint Collective. So we did uh, talk about it in the first like 10 to 15 minutes of the podcast. So if you want to go back and rewatch that uh, once we're done, I'm not sure if you're there for that or not. Uh, we, we actually couldn't share too much on the panels, not because we just can't, but just because we only sat in on one, well, one and a half, because of how much we were doing with interviewing other people, uh, talking to people at the show floor. Um, do, I did a panel myself, which is awesome. The community uh, of the hobby and why it's so important. But uh, we will share sounds from the grading panel. We will share some of the sounds from the first panel of the show, which was with Josh Luber and Peyton Manning. Uh, so that'll be interesting. So I hope you all can see those in the vlogs that are going to come up over the next few weeks. Uh, Elite 305 says, is it true what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Um, not when you buy cards. Because if you leave those cards in Vegas, you become very poor. So, no, that is not my case. Real quick here. I am going to answer this one real quick. Um, Jared Kelnick is absolutely struggling 
I don't know if you've looked at his stats, Aaron, but absolutely struggling in spring training. And he's played the equivalent of high A, high A um, pitchers. So that's a real tough scene. It's only 17 plate appearances. It's tough. You know, you get hot as the spring goes on. Usually pitchers are ahead of hitters. But um, it's a real tough scene when you are supposed to be one of the top prospects in baseball and a major league baseball player and you're struggling against uh, the quality of pitching that you'd find in high A. That is. That is. Uh, we don't have any Jared Kelnick. But uh, I know a lot of people were interested in him, so hopefully he can he can uh, bust out fit and uh, return to some good form for those who are collecting his cards. But uh, we're gonna call it here for this week's episode. A little shorter than normal, but for obvious reasons. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for actually coming to this week's episode. I know it's, a, it's an hour early. You stuck through it all. You're a trooper. You heard a bunch of different songs, a bunch of pterodactyl noises, a bunch of bells that are ringing. Oh, and uh, I like this, Joshua Simons or Simmons, sorry. Simons, I was right, I was right. Keston here for MVP. Nate gives the thumbs up. He approves. Um, yeah, yep, for sure. And um, I hope I hope to see to see Keston here back in the starting lineup. And also Joshua did say we need tops or Panini to come up with some super cross cards. And my dad said, uh, like your thought, Joshua, monster celebrating, like monster the energy drink company is celebrating their 20th anniversary at our hotel as a big event. Definitely. Yes, Joshua Simons, like Anthony Simons. Nate, any last thoughts? I had a good week. I had a good week, but excited to be home. Excited to not be tempted into spending money in uh, Las Vegas and uh, excited to get back to the normal grind. Yep, I agree. Let's hope that this flight doesn't get pushed back any further. Otherwise, uh, who knows? Maybe push this to tomorrow, a flight tomorrow, and that, that'd be worst case scenario at this point. So, uh, other than that, everyone, thank you so much for joining. Thanks for sticking around and uh, be back. This week on Thursday for the weekly slab and for the uh, PWCC weekly auction bidding stream on Sunday at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time. And next week, we'll, we will be back in the normal schedule slab sex live at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. We hope you all have a great rest of your week, a safe week. We'll see you all in the next, in the next episode.